0: Welcome to the Gritty Hour. Time to get down to the nitty-gritty. Welcome back to another episode of the Gritty Hour. This week we have a very special guest, Mr. J.R. McCarthy, who is a published poet and also a teacher, and uh, a very old friend of mine, and I'm very happy to see you here, Mr. McCarthy. One of my oldest and dearest friends. Yes, so how are you doing? I am the better for your asking. How are you, old Good. friend? How we were talking you? before uh, about the challenges of uh, teaching over Zoom, which I've had a conversation about that with uh, uh, some guests from the past podcasts. Uh, one was a music teacher, which is, I would think, exceptionally difficult. And one was a professor who teaches, uh, among other things, public speaking. Mm-hmm. And they both expounded on the challenges of teaching over Zoom during a
1: pandemic, but mm-hmm. that seems to be loosening up a little bit. The most important thing right now is that uh, everybody is acknowledging that uh, we made the very, very best of a very bad situation, but it was still a very bad situation. Um, there are so many <clears throat> intangibles uh, and and so many variables in an educational environment that there is no substitute. There is absolutely no substitute for, uh, presence. And, uh, we made the best of it. Some kids thrived, uh, some kids didn't. But, um, what we've learned and, and what we I hope we'll always remember is that there is no substitute for presence. There is no substitute for being in the moment, in the place with the kids. Right, and that's what's been hardest about this for the kids, and uh, perhaps hardest about this for all of the uh, for, for the, all the instructors across the board. For, from uh, I don't know how the people who teach little kids did it, and I don't know how the little kids, every kid who, uh, especially the youngest of them, who gave it a shot and and, and fought the good fight, they all deserve uh, nothing but respect and the parents who rose to the occasion as well. With my kids, be, because they're adolescents and because they're special needs kids, especially their the kids with uh, emotional and, and psychological issues, it was a very variable experience. Some of them thrived. Some of them performed better than they had ever performed because a lot of social anxiety had been taken off the table. Right. And uh, ironically... Uh and this was the one blessing that came out of the whole experience. Uh for me and for most of the uh you know, my brother and sister wizards who I have spoken to. Um, we we call it now in education uh differentiated education. And uh the ironic thing is that even though we were distant from the kids, we were able to give them more attention. And even more time. And uh, deadlines became guidelines. And uh, the day opened up, which was not the easiest thing in the world because we were all working much longer hours than we were accustomed to. But uh, it was an opportunity to uh, provide for their special needs in a way that we never anticipated. But uh, it's still been disastrous because... uh, And I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, there is no substitute for presence. And uh, please God, we won't have to go through this for another 100 years. No, let's hope so, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: But you've been vaccinated and I've been vaccinated. Oh, you betcha, you betcha. (laughs) It does give you a slight little bit of freedom. It seems like things are opening up pretty quickly, actually. Great peace
1: of mind. Uh, I I think that, uh, well... I, I think we we're all in agreement that things could not open up too quickly on many levels or quickly enough for us is what I mean to say. But uh obviously a little prudence is, you know, called for. Yeah, well I, I um
0: uh, I know it's good to be cautious, but it seems like some people are just tired of the whole thing.
1: It was a regardless dilemma. Regardless of
0: what their circumstances are with it, you know.
1: It was a dilemma. Uh. Because there was no Easy solution there was no acceptable solution
0: well, are you teaching back in uh, classroom now or
1: i would, like I was telling you before the, 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 the what what's been going on with us since July of last year, really since summer school because my students are special needs, they really run on a twelve year a, a twelve month school year, so the school year really begins in july uh-huh. and uh Everybody agreed from the beginning that the special needs kids should be back in the classroom as quickly as possible with the caveat that if the parents were not comfortable with it, if the kids were not comfortable with it, they'd have the remote option. So we've been doing hybrid, uh, which is a trip and uh, a challenge. Well, what does that mean specifically? Well, basically, I'm in the classroom, Uh but uh, I have some kids in the room with me. And some kids coming in online. Oh. So uh, in addition to that, the the, the two most important distinctions that we have finessed over the course of this pandemic are uh, the hybrid education where, uh, as I mentioned, there are what we call live students and online students who are simultaneously attending class. And the other paradigm (laughs) <laughs> is uh, synchronous learning and asynchronous learning, where uh, in the beginning, when we were all feeling our way, with, uh, we were using Google. Uh, Zoom and Google, uh, we all took a crash course on them. There was much to commend both programs, but we were using Google.
0: I thought Google owned
1: Zoom. No? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I yeah. couldn't tell you. But the Google classroom and the Zoom classroom are fundamentally similar, but there are some very specific differences. Uh it, it's just it, it's really six of one and a half a dozen of the other to for the most part. I prefer Google. Mm-hmm. But but Zoom is fine. Uh
0: well the, the other two podcasters that are also teacher or the other two people that I interviewed that are also teachers in previous podcasts both mentioned um especially the one who teaches media and speech public mm-hmm. speaking the you miss the nuances when you're online of what the like well in his in his case if you he's sitting in front of his computer and theres 20 people on little boxes yeah. on his computer mm-hmm. you really don't know how what you're saying is being received no. you know what, no. as opposed to having them right in front of you where you yeah. can I guess read the body language mm-hmm. and, and see who's getting what you're saying and yeah. who's ducking what you're saying,
1: mm-hmm. you know? The, the, I, I certainly believe that uh, that that's the case. And I, I, I think, obviously, uh, teachers who, what we call in, in, in the special categories, the, the music teachers, the art teachers, God forbid, the art teachers... Who were who were teaching, you know, painting and uh, and, and other types of they all fine to be, art they all online? To be Bob Ross, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, very much so. But yeah. but like uh, you know, imagine everybody's a Bob Ross. Mm. Um, what I'm, what you said, is obviously very true in all forms of education. We were all kids in school, and we all learned uh, how to pay, uh, pretend to be paying attention. Uh, the, the one of the the good things about Google is that you uh, forget very quickly that you're in a classroom. So there is no artifice anymore. The kids aren't even pretending to pay attention. They're doing they're doing whatever <laughs> they want. That nuance you picked up over oh, right, right, <laughs> right. You know, you know, the, the nuance in the other direction. Mm, you know, yeah. which is part of the reason why the transition back into uh, what. We still call regular education is going to be uh, more of a challenge than we realize, because everybody got accustomed very very quickly mm-hmm. to doing things to a certain extent on their own terms. But what you were saying about uh, what you were saying about the experience of those teachers uh, is more or less along the lines of what I mean when I say there is no substitute for presence. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you're not, uh, you know, some people love to talk on the telephone. I never did uh, because it's not the same thing as conversation. It's not, not the same thing as picking up on body language and just being able to read the room. All of the intangibles that are at least as important to education as the, the content mm-hmm. uh, are up for grabs in, in this situation. But everybody had to do the best that they could. Mm-hmm. and to a certain extent everybody did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, in addition to teaching, um you're also a published writer? Well,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> uh no, you 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 had a book of uh poetry. I, I
1: I I look forward to uh the tremendous extent to which I will be published when I'm dead. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I I look forward to it, you know, metaphorically speaking. Uh, I am the author, as you well know, of uh, what was originally called Ambivalid, or or Back in the Holy Bronx, what I now like to call Ambivalid Part 1, Back in the Holy Bronx.
0: Are you working on a Part 2?
1: I have Part 2 in the can, as they say. Wow. And Part 2 is called... Ambivalid part two ordinary times hmm. now you know very well thomas that ambivalent sold in the dozens <laughs> that ambivalent was a literary tour de force it was i uh yes. especially
0: liked being from the bronx as you are yes back in the holy bronx
1: back in the holy bronx is the poem for which i am known yes. by the Thirty or forty people who know that I am
0: opposed. That it only takes thirty or forty. And
1: I would hasten to add that at least ten of those people are not related to me (laughs) by blood or marriage or friendship. For those who are
0: listening uh, or watching you, you can go to YouTube and type in J.R. McCarthy and um, your your uh, audio work was you know, on CD Baby, and they did, I guess, a cachet dump into <laughs> into YouTube. Uh, well, they got rid of their whatever they were doing there and established a channel
1: for you on YouTube for for I, your... I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, uh, as a poet, cachet dump is just such a beautiful turn of phrase. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you can't create a, a, a better visual uh, a better image of the dichotomy of language <laughs> than cachet and dump but but as you know as you well know thomas that's exactly what happened
0: well one of the pieces in that book uh, audio and written was epistemology right yes which is the study of
1: well epistemology is the study of the origin of knowledge uh-huh and the poem is called epistemology 101 uh-huh and uh, it was, uh, can I say half-assed you on can, the podcast? You can say the yes. whole ass okay, if you well, want to. Well, yeah. it was it, it was a, a half-assed but utterly sincere version or, or attempt uh, to become the philosophy professor that I once hoped to become mm-hmm. and give my cosmology of the universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what could be more attractive to the listening audience?
0: And another one that comes to mind – because not only are we both from the Bronx, but we're both pretty much from Parkchester. That's yes. where we did our formative years. Mm-hmm. We're in Parkchester. You did a you did a uh, a piece called the Quadrants, which was loosely based, I think, on Parkchester. It was tightly
1: based on <laughs> okay. Parkchester. And, and 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 the all you folks in Parkchester out there, you know what we're talking about. Uh, Tommy and I uh, met in the seventh grade. Uh, when uh, I was already 12, and he was about to turn 12. And uh, Tommy had just moved into Parkchester, and Tommy lived in the south, and I lived in the east. And when you meet somebody from Parkchester, the first question you ask them is, what quadrant did you live in?
0: Yes, it had the four, northeast, west, uh, and
1: south. And so uh, when I started forming what became – what in my mind was the uh, the the running theme of ambivalent, which you actually convinced me to refer to as the quadrants, which was exactly what it was, uh, using the image of Parkchester as uh, again a, a microcosm for the world, a microcosm for the the, the community writ large and uh each one of the quadrants instead of north south east and west uh represented uh what are for wheel or woe uh the driving forces of uh, human existence mm-hmm. so we had uh, money sex power and skill and that was of course before all the cosmology mm-hmm. and all the good uh Catholic theology, which runs through everything I uh, write, everything I think about, everything I dare to put down on paper, Uh, I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but the bottom line is uh, those of us who grew up in Parkchester, we know it it, it was very much uh, the world writ small. (laughs) And yes. for that reason, I found it to be a wonderful jumping. And off here's place. a
0: word, quadrant centric.
1: Yeah, quadrant centric. I think you coined that word. I did. I very Joyceian. I think I just you coined like, it like right a, now. Kind of a, take yeah. that, Lewis Carroll. <laughs> take that, James Joyce. Well, the
0: take pe- that, John Lennon. For, for yeah. my for my money, um, and I, I like I like the entire book. I like the entire oral, the recording of it as well.
1: A U R A L. As well as O-R-A-L. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the piece de resistance for my money was back in the Holy Bronx. Back in the Holy Bronx, may I say? Well, I'm going to- Just, just uh, for
1: posterity? With, with your permission, sir, I'm going to play it for the peeps. I uh, I never miss an opportunity to hear my own voice. Okay. Um, and then I'll tell you a little story. Okay. So that it would be down for posterity. The next and last stop is Parkchester, East 177th Street. I am back in the Holy Bronx where my father and his father and his father rest in what peace there is. I am back in the Holy Bronx, carrying on in the name of shadows as they gather into legends. Noble antecedents, I am driving by your graves and wondering if you really listen to the things we say and really watch all the things we do. Am I thinking of you because you're thinking of me? Do you signify to me that heaven is no better than the Holy Bronx, so I should stay put? And mother should too? Holy Bronx, you too have been ensnared by the encroaching anonymity of American cities. Your German delis implode into snapshot temples, and your beauty schools become vegetable maximarts. Your dimly lit bodegas sold beer to miners, but who sells miners to beer more quickly than the Videodrome or the Smoketeria? Holy Bronx, I swear you kept your children out of your saloons. They shivered over cheap wine in the pits of your arcane masonry until they came of age. Holy Bronx, I swear you sent your children off to worship on the many Sabbaths, but they sneaked off to the park to eat Kaiser rolls, and that's not your fault. Holy Bronx, you have more ravishing Latin girls than San Cipriano could raise from the sea foam on Orchard Beach. Holy Bronx, you have more glorious Irish girls in County Woodlawn than the White Brothers can hypnotize with their famous blue eyes. Holy Bronx, you have more magnificent Italian girls in the curio shops of Arthur Avenue than the world may know. Holy Bronx, you have more fascinating black girls than you know yourself. Why are your poets too proud to shape sweet lyrics for their bangled ears? Holy Bronx, you rock with reckless wisdom. Holy Bronx, you damn cowards to invisibility. Holy Bronx, you breathe history and your rooftops are littered with homers. Lilt of the Holy Bronx upon my tongue bounce of the holy bronx in my walk all the way up webster avenue from now until yonkers amen i am back in the holy bronx driving badly in one of the many family cars i have squired to death i am back in the holy bronx crawling from jerome to gun hill because my lady dreads i95 or double parking on east tremont because people in Nyack are jonesing for cannolis Lou Gehrig and Sal Mineo, Latrice Joy and Virginia Clem, Billie Holiday and Big Pun. Would you give up the Elysian Fields to see dinosaurs lumbering up Fordham Road or spaceships docking at Ferry Point Park? Holy Bronx, you are giggling like a schoolgirl at the thugs of the third millennium, tripping over their clown pants, cramming baseball caps on top of bandanas on top of do-rags. Whatever happened to satin-back singing marauders? What happened to gangs with soul and soul with shape and shape showing up with her friends just in time to make you forget you were mad? Angry young posers, what does it take to embarrass you? Do the Knights of Columbus have to brandish their swords before you sit down and enjoy the show? Meanwhile, the ravishing Latin girls are dressed for Mardi Gras and teaching each other spectacular dances. Meanwhile, the glorious Irish girls have charmed a fin from each bagpiper, and this keg of beer is magically replenished. Meanwhile, the magnificent Italian girls have squeezed into one stretch limo for the mother-of-all-bachelorette parties. Meanwhile, the fascinating black girls are rapping like warrior poets, and those who do not rhyme do listen closely. And under a hand-carved arch on Castle Hill Avenue, two homeless teenagers cradle their newborn son. Holy Bronx, you sway with righteous whimsy. Holy Bronx, you call all choirs to perfect pitch. Holy Bronx, you assume the proper posture and wait for whatever happens next. Lilt of the Holy Bronx upon my tongue. Bounce of the Holy Bronx in my walk. All the way up Webster Avenue from now until Yonkers. Amen. I am back in the Holy Bronx and I don't know about you, Monsignor, but I still see the grandeur of the Grand Concourse. I am back in the Holy Bronx and you swells of Riverdale can just stop pretending that you live in Westchester. I am back in the Holy Bronx wishing that I could drop everything and venerate the Stonehenge gazebo off Allerton Avenue or fathom the terracotta hieroglyphics of Parkchester or leer like Leif Erikson as I leap from my dragon and claim city island for Odin. Holy Bronx, you are what you are as the names of illustrious Jews baffle the denizens of Co-op City. Holy Bronx, you are what you are as Richard Wagner's opera all-stars are strangely commemorated in Throg's Neck. Holy Bronx, you are what you are as thoroughfares named for great French generals run past your hospitals and cemeteries. Holy Bronx, you are what you are as the Virgin Mary shows up at the grotto looking much younger than the pictures suggest and teaches a few words of Aramaic to black clad little old ladies who were once ravishing Latin girls looking out for each other and bringing their pay envelopes home unopened, who were once glorious Irish girls coming to the door in their grandmother's sweaters to say they had been grounded who were once magnificent Italian girls loosing the very brothers they used to smack around against the neighborhood bums, who were once fascinating black girls, utterly unself-conscious, hopeful even as the room filled up with empty promises. And the power of grace is precisely that they are what they were, and will always be so. Holy Bronx you nod with all knowing. Holy Bronx you laugh with rueful recognition. Holy Bronx, you wish your Ponce de Leones well, and you put their house keys in the mailbox. Lilt of the Holy Bronx upon my tongue. Bounce of the Holy Bronx in my walk, all the way up Webster Avenue, from now until Yonkers. Amen.
0: Very good. So, and that was back in the Holy Bronx by Jo McCarthy, who is uh, sitting right next to me here in the uh, in the podcast room. We call it in Millbrook, New York. It's a beautiful room, (laughs) and that's my favorite piece of everything I've heard you write or heard you speak or write so far.
1: Uh, I appreciate that.
0: I must have listened to that. That I I don't want to say song, but I must have listened to it. 50
1: plus times. The, uh, the most important thing is that it comes through you and not from you. And the greatest sense that I had of that, that a, a real poem comes into the world through a poet and not from a poet. Uh, we harvest poetry. We don't write it uh that's I got, interesting i got i got the phrase from Allen ginsburg <laughs> the holy bronx it's from
0: how didn't alan ginsburg once smoke one of your cigarettes oh don't even get me started don't even get me started well i'd like to hear the story uh, but before that you did yeah. you did say you had a story about back in the holy bronx i'd love to I hear i had
1: it. a girlfriend uh-huh who lived in queens mm-hmm. and i had no car you may recall at the time I had no license. <laughs> and uh, I was coming, uh, I was doing a lot of public transportation between Queens and the Bronx. Right. And arriving on the uh, 40 bus over the Whitestone Bridge at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. How old well were you at the time? Um, in my mid to late 20s. Okay a late bloomer as a driver and as a lover. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, you know, uh, rather harrowing experience to uh, take public transportation at 1 o'clock in the morning from Elmhurst, Queens. Uh, And uh, as it would happen, uh, you come across the Whitestone Bridge into the Bronx uh, and you're passing St. Raymond Cemetery where so many of... uh, Uh, My ancestors, so many of my uh, beloved uh, who have passed away are buried, Mm -hmm. and uh, as soon as I got over the Whitestone Bridge, I would say in my mind, I'm back in the Holy Bronx, Wow, where my father and his father and his father rest in what peace there is. And that's, you know, you refine it and and you play with it, and it's a joy to refine it and play with it, but it comes through you you somehow. And that's, you know, that's how that one uh, got started. And that was when, you may recall, I said to uh, some dear friends, including yourself, you know, fellas, I might actually have something here. And that was the time of Sirius Inc. Press. And that was the time uh, of, uh, that was still the time of the sleepers. So I was surrounded by you and
0: other uh, we, we should people. interject that uh, Jr. and I at one time were in a uh, rock and roll band together.
1: At one time, for a very, very long time, a once-in-future time, I mean, we L- never it was, really quite broke up. It was you know? a short
0: twenty years. Yeah, yeah you,
1: yeah. you come back to your senses, and we will absolutely go back to it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, I said to Tommy, and I said to uh, uh, a, a number of other uh, saints and angels we could name. You know, I, I. I might actually, ha- you know what a humble man I am, Thomas. You know Yes. that I am loath to sing my own praises, modest to a fault. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, actually, I, you know, uh, I, I have the most robust ego, and uh, and do not mind at all sharing my <laughs> thoughts and poems with the world. But not the not that, you know, I, I felt like I had something there. We had the similar experience with the sleepers. We had the experience of uh, the sun being greater than the parts. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you you have this beautiful little miracle where you have some beautiful piece of work, beautiful piece of art, and uh no one of you can say where it came from except to say that something spiritual and beautiful happened here, but that in a nutshell in a in an enormous nutshell
0: well i can't I can't I vouch for how it would play or be received by someone not from the Bronx or New York, maybe in general. But I, as someone from the Bronx, I, I think it's a masterpiece. I
1: appreciate that very much, and yeah. I always do appreciate because I once I got Rowan, I did everything I could to make it a kind of an almanac of the Bronx you you heard, the references that I make to various places. But it all begins and ends with Parkchester. It's about nostalgia. Right, And it is about the, the realization and the acknowledgement that nostalgia is a beautiful thing, but nostalgia is not a particularly reliable thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the root of the word nostalgia is, is, is to cry and to weep. You know, there is always an element of sorrow in our nostalgia because we are talking about something that has, you know, actually passed. And for better or for worse, one of the experiences that all of us who grew up in the Bronx had. Was was not only the experience of of seeing what we loved passing away very quickly, which in retrospect is an inevitable experience, but being surrounded by because we you and I are multi generation Bronxites. You know, uh, you know, my my mom and dad grew up in the Bronx. I think you are
0: you. No, you're they close. grew up in Manhattan. actually. Yeah, but,
1: but well, you know, New Yorkers. But, but I'm proud to but, say
0: know. I'm the only one in my family born in the Bronx.
1: I was the first member of my family. Uh, well, no, I no, I'm, uh, I I make a mistake. Uh, bo- both of my folks were born in the Bronx, and and all of my uh, br- uh, brothers and my sister, we were all born. Uh, we were born while we were living in Parkchester.
0: Wasn't somebody in your family the Bronx DA? At
1: my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, yeah, was uh, a, 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 an assistant DA in Bronx County huh. uh, for many many years. So your brother, Andy McCarthy, and has my, taken my, up the reins. My brother, Andy McCarthy, uh, famous of song and legend, is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, retired from the federal prosecutor's office. Yes, he's the one that tried, uh, the guy to bomb the World Sheikh Trade Omar Center. Sheikh Omar Rahman, yeah. among others. Yeah, Good old uh, Andy. My brother, Andy, has a wonderful track record of uh, protecting me from bad men and uh, <laughs> well, he, in protecting a, in a sense, me from bullies, protecting me from, uh, from uh, people who would do me harm. And uh, uh, in all seriousness, he dedicated his uh, legal career, his very successful uh, career, to that
0: pursuit. Well, in a sense, he's protecting all of us, really.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's the bottom line.
0: So again, for my money, that's, that's, uh, that's a masterpiece. To you, and my favorite piece of yours. Which uh, came
1: through me. Through me, not from me. <laughs> hey, but Thank
0: I you. know you're also, uh, you, you haven't stopped writing since. So what? Uh, you have some uh, more poetry in the pipeline?
1: Well, you were kind enough to bring up my grandfather and my brother. hmm And uh, in between my grandfather and my brother is my father. hmm And uh, uh, I will share with you if you would like. Oh, sure. Okay?
0: Let it rip. Uh What's the name of the poem?
1: Dedicated to my father, with my father in mind. It's called The Ace of Hearts is Proud of Me Tonight. Hit it. Okay. She touches me with clammy palms and smiles at me with crooked teeth. The Ace of Hearts is proud of me tonight. I wink, I blow a little kiss. No one can get me out of this. No one can show me where to step, but I am glad to be alive, and I will not take back a word. She withers me with where looks. She pardons me with martyrs smile. The Ace of Hearts is proud of me tonight. I left no ring around her life. Each one of us has left his best advice. I'll never get to read it all, but I am glad to be alive, and I will not take back a word. She stood on summits made of glass and gnawed a fingernail for luck. The Ace of Hearts is proud of me tonight. I let her win. I said good night. And if you ask me what I think as you prepare to spring the trap, I'll say I'm glad to be alive, and I will not take back a word. That's
0: the Ace of Hearts. Very nice. Me Very nice. And what was the what was the uh, underlying theme today?
1: Well, the underlying theme was uh, t- to be perfectly honest. The, the Ace of Hearts is is I, I refer to my father that way. <laughs> the, and, Ace of, the
0: Ace of Hearts is proud of me tonight. Is the title?
1: Yes, the pr- title of the poem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I would have. Uh, you, you know, my dad died when I was a kid. Right. Uh, I I would have loved uh, as all of my Brothers would have loved, as anybody would have loved to have, uh, uh, obviously have him around longer than he was. But uh-huh. it, we were very, very blessed for reasons that we'll maybe talk about another time to have him at all. And uh, when I wrote that, and, and you know, it's been a while, as you know, since uh, the, the last collection w- was uh, published, and hopefully this one will be published soon. I uh, um, yeah, yeah yeah excuse me I was gonna say
0: uh, I've known you for I don't know at least forty five years maybe yeah. more mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't lo- known you long enough to have ever met your father yeah unfortunately but mm-hmm. we were, I know you you were very young when he passed away
1: yeah yeah the 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 Ace of Hearts is proud of me tonight is about my experiences with women when I was a younger man that I would have loved to have briefed. I, I would have loved to have discussed with him. Ah. I would have loved to have had his advice, uh-huh. you know, but yeah. I, I kind of did, you know, yes. it, was the, it was the same sort of thing, you know, uh, uh, my, my dad and my mom for that matter, you know, I mean, I always knew what kind of people they wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and happily they wanted me to be the kind of people that they were. So, you know, that was that, um, <laughs> well, you have a good family
0: and, uh, I'm sure your father was proud of all, all of, uh, you and all your brothers and sisters.
1: He would be. I know mm-hmm. he would be.
0: Brother and sister. Yes. Brothers my, and my, sister.
1: My lovely sister and my noble brothers, yes. Mm-hmm. It's six oh, of very us good. all together.
0: And this, would that be part of the aforementioned uh,
1: Ambivalent Part 2? Yeah, that's going to be uh, one of the poems that will be published with... Uh, Ordinary time. Do you have like an online site where
0: people can visit some and read some of your poetry? Right
1: now I am at obscure American poet at wordpress.com. Obscure American, obscure American poet. poet is one word. I am the obscure American poet, J.R. McCarthy. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yes, again, it is one word. Uh, obscure American poet at wordpress.com. And I'm hoping that this will be the summer uh, when I get it all together. Well, we'll, put a, we'll put a link to
0: that site uh, below
1: this podcast. I'd so. be grateful. And I would uh... put a candle in the window. (laughs) Um, Every year since uh, 9-11, on Facebook, I have published uh, a poem written about 9-11. Is it called Fragile Little Time? Well, Fragile Little Time, I have right here, and Fragile Little Time will be uh, be in the uh, new publication as well. But you know, Fragile Little Time is something I post as a memorial... To uh, our friends in heaven, uh, unfortunately, as we lose them, sometimes. I remember the Don't first time I basis. read it was soon after your you, you, your wife Trish's
0: uh, father passed away.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I I any time we lose somebody we love, I, mm-hmm. I, I put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's a it's a very uh, emotional poem to read.
1: Well, uh, do you think we could bear it?
0: If you want to read it or you have it committed to memory. or Well,
1: I w- well I'm going to see if I have it committed to memory.
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay, yeah, well, I'm in the mood for okay, it now. So fragile little time. Let me get me tissue. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> use your short sleeve. It's just you and me here. No, go ahead, Cale. Okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it a little less mellifluous because I know you, you get very emotional. <laughs> okay, so this is fragile little time. You know, a- anytime somebody you love goes to heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay, think about this, okay? We will leave this place of selfish tears and search for your monument wherever it chooses to bloom. Unnecessary to erect a proper, lifeless headstone when a splendid, mighty inkling of forever is already swaying, already beloved in some delightful place not far from here. Some fine new world where appreciation is unleavened by memory where you are always as strong, healthy, and beautiful as on the fairest day of the fragile little time when we were blessed to love you. Very nice. I, I love that uh, you see it more and more often nowadays that when people lose a loved one, they plant a tree. They uh, they they put something into the ground other than a stone to commemorate that person. That's a very hopeful thing to do. That's a very... Uh, Positive uh, association with the uh, the perpe- perpetuity and the uh, fragility, the, the tr- both the fragility and the perpetu- uh, perpetuity, the uh, uh, you know the the fragility and the resilience of eternity. Mm-hmm. How does that grab you? Sounds good, right? there's still epistemology one hundred and one. I learned a lot from you over the years. Well, you know, uh, I tried, Tommy. Mm-hmm. I tried. I tried. Does anybody call you Tommy? I, I, my, I, don't, I don't ever call you Tommy to your face, but for some reason right now I'm calling you Tommy over and over again. I hope you don't mind. No. Tommy, can you hear me? No.
0: When you yeah. refer to me, you refer to me as Thomas. Yes. Tommy's better than Thomas. Yes.
1: Yeah. But Tom is best. Yeah. Yeah. And the big mcgee you know, McGee. I mean, that's yeah. that's a story for another that's my time. that's my stage. <laughs> yeah, mate. We, we, we'll, we'll tell sleeper stories one time. What do you think?
0: Yes, maybe uh, I'd so love to have you back, road, maybe in person or over Zoom, and talk nothing about uh, talk about nothing but the band or music. I would think that. I think we had some splendid moments. Uh, I know
1: two people who would enjoy that very much. and That's you and me. <laughs> you know? And as far as the rest of you Philistines are concerned, well, no, you know, you're always welcome. Yes, but you, I just, I. Uh,
0: distracted you from you were going to read something that you have new well i think uh, i distracted you by requesting the fragile little time
1: not brand new um the the um we uh we when we were working with serious inc and uh we were trying to get things out there um serious inc press serious inc press the, uh, Thomas, Tom McGee has been my uh, champion and advocate throughout my entire literary career. You know, I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> um, and uh, he's still, as you can see, giving me a platform. Um, I also have an association, as you know, with... Uh, it, it's been a while, unfortunately, but uh, The Irish Echo was kind enough to publish... Some of my essays, yes, I on, used to read. Uh, read you often in there, uh, sundry Irish poets and writers. Uh, but uh, also, when they commemorated the tenth anniversary of nine eleven, they they published a couple of my poems. Very good. And uh, Larry
0: Larry Kerwin, I think, was writing for that as well. Mm-hmm. The guy from Black Forty Seven.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've never had the honor of meeting him. I've only seen him for a distance mm. in the time of Black Forty Seven. Well, I've met him, Funky Kaylee. I've right? met
0: him in between sets of the Black
1: Forty Seven. Yeah, I shows, envy so you yeah. that. I remember that. I remember yeah. that you had that connection. Yeah. Um. So, um. When you go to Obscure American Artist, if you go to Obscure American Artist, you'll uh, see Obscure American Poet? I, I beg your pardon. Excuse, <laughs> it's very confusing this late at night. <laughs> uh, American Obscure American Poet at WordPress.com. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a section uh, of poems that I have written, uh, or there will be a section very shortly of poems that I have written uh, over the years commemorating... The anniversary of nine eleven. Right, and one of them called. Uh, may I? One of them. Uh, yes. Yeah. Please do. Uh, and, and maybe this is the last one I will uh, afflict upon you. That's quite all right. Um, Let it rip. So, uh, this one is called nine eleven nine period eleven. Okay, Manhattan almost made me swoon for love. The only time I saw her from the sky, that was many years before the day the towers fell. I'll live another age. And then I'll rise above her one more time. I'll recognize the slender beams of light that radiate from Gotham's foremost wound. Manhattan gives the world one more surprise. Two towers fall, three towers, 3,000 towers rise. Two towers fall, 3,000 towers rise. There's each of you who ran to save a life. There's each of you who knelt to say goodbye. Two towers fall, three thousand towers rise. The searchers and the mourners find the point where mysteries of love and loss entwine. Two towers fall, three thousand towers rise. No wisdom and no words to say my peace, but I know what I know. This holy ground withstands e- infernal heat and light abides. Two, tha- two towers fall, three thousand towers rise. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for giving me that time. That oh, time
0: absolutely. Time, I, I do love your written work. And uh, you've written some short stories as well, which I've, I've uh, enjoyed over the years.
1: I am hoping that by the end of this uh, summer, which will be the summer of some love, the <laughs> summer of some love, the summer of, summer yeah. of 2021, uh-huh. the summer of shaking the cobwebs out. Well, in
0: '69, they went topless. Maybe this year we'll go maskless. Who knows? Well, well
1: maskless would be like the ultimate topless. You know, <laughs> at the, at this particular point, you know, maskless would suffice for topless. Mm. I yeah. just want to see your face. Yeah, just yeah. show me your face. Just show me your face. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm hoping uh, I, I have uh, the, the short stories are uh, you know that they come slowly. But I have five, uh, I like to call them novellas, and they're called uh, Five Tales of Parental Intervention, which I would like to try to afflict upon the world come September. Uh-huh. Just a little teaser. Oh, well, good. You know, I do tend to ramble, so I'll stop.
0: So uh, what did I call it before? The cachet dump that CD Baby did in YouTube? Cache dump, baby. I'm actually going to put a link to that YouTube channel with your permission so people can hear. I think all of the ambivalent that you did, uh,
1: vo- you know, vocal recordings of ambivalent in its entirety. Thanks it, to you and thanks to our pal Dan Walsh. Dan Walsh, that was it a one, was the, a wonderful uh, experience. That engineer, we had. Yeah. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, but I think the entire book is. Uh, it's out there it's, on, it, well, on YouTube. It, it should
1: be because it was all on CD, baby. We we did, as you remember, recordings of each one of the tracks. Yeah. There's a way to reclaim that for yourself, lad, but we'll we will we'll
0: figure it out. Between the night is young, Tom. Maybe we'll figure it out between now and the time the this night podcast is. Young. It's, yes. it's. Mm-hmm.
1: But I appreciate you coming up to uh, Millbrook, Mr. McCarty. It is always a pleasure to come up to Millbrook. The more uh, often I come, the more reason I have to get here. Millbrook, New York, come for Tom McGeady, stay for the ambiance. <laughs> That's what I impart upon to all of you.
0: Well, you're a good man. and uh, As are you. And, 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 a, and a very good friend. And, and as uh, are you.
1: And my champion and my my advocate as well as my I certainly
0: champion. enjoy your previous work and I'm looking forward to the new stuff you got coming out. Well, you know you'll be the first one I
1: tell. All right, the first one of millions. And like
0: I said before, I'd love to have you back for another podcast, maybe over Zoom or better yet, in person. I'd love to come back.
1: I'd uh, be more lucid. I promise.
0: Maybe actually towards the end of the summer when you have these new works coming out. Sounds good to might me. Might be a good might be good timing. For I'd be it. honored, Thomas. I'd All be right. honored. Well, thank you,
1: JR. I appreciate you, Tom. it. Thank you all. Thank you. Okay. There was a residential community called Money, and in its red brick buildings there lived thousands of people. The mapmakers divided it into quadrants, and they gave the quadrants most impressive names. The quadrant to the north was Security. The Quadrant to the south was Influence. The Quadrant to the West was Expedience. The Quadrant to the East was luxury. Every map is a guide for the prospective citizen who agrees to become a resident before he passes a single night and may not care where the vacancies happen to be. But the residents in their beds, suddenly awakened in the middle of the night, can tell you exactly where they live. And they can tell you exactly why their part of town is the least desirable. There was a residential community called Sex and in its red-brick buildings there lived thousands of people. The mapmakers divided it into quadrants, and they gave the quadrants most impressive names. The quadrant to the north was procreation. The quadrant to the south was pleasure. The quadrant to the west was intimacy. The quadrant to the east was completion. A map is a guide for the stranger, who thus becomes aware of the lay of the land long before his motives are known. And regardless of what his motives may be. But the residents in their beds, suddenly awakened in the middle of the night, were unable to say which quadrant they were in, unless they had someone to ask, or they could begin to remember. There was a residential community called Power, and in its red brick buildings there lived thousands of people. The mapmakers divided it into quadrants, and they gave the quadrant's most impressive names. The quadrant to the north was control, the quadrant to the south was advantage, the quadrant to the west was freedom, the quadrant to the east was prominence. A map is a visitor's chance to learn about where things are, for only then may he avoid the things he does not want. But the residents, avoiding their beds and peering out their windows all night long, like nothing less than visitors, and nothing more than new neighbors. There was a residential community called Skill and in its red-brick buildings there lived thousands of people. The mapmakers divided it into quadrants and they gave the quadrants most impressive names. The quadrant to the north was accomplishment. The quadrant to the south was identity. The quadrant to the west was direction. The quadrant to the east was therapy. A map will help you to discover the things for which you search and it also may reveal to you some things you might like to see. If the residents have not yet taken to their beds, they will show you certain wonders when you visit. But if you arrive after they have fallen asleep, you will not be able to wake them.